The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. In the third round of the 2020 NFL Draft, the New York Giants selected Matt Parrott, offensive tackle out of UConn, a guy that many people consider to have tremendous upside and a lot of potential at the tackle position, tall player, six foot seven, but we're not entirely sure what we're getting with this type of a player. Here on the Chris and Joe Show, we are continuing our evaluation of rookies for the New York Giants. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. Presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. This is the Chris and Joe Show. And like I said, we are now on to Matt Parrott as the third player that the Giants selected in the 2020 NFL Draft. Tons of potential for this guy. And a lot of people have considered him to be a very good sleeper. And the Giants ended up snagging him up after taking Andrew Thomas as their first tackle and likely left tackle for the future on this Giants roster. So Matt Parrott, just to put into perspective on what he is and who he is and his background and all that stuff, played at UConn, which was arguably a terrible, and actually not arguably, I don't know what you think about this, Chris, but UConn was just not good in a lot of these games that I watched on him and a lot of the tape that I watched on him, even against these FCS teams. Just not a good football program. And it even came to some times where he was going against some backups towards the end of the game because of how bad UConn's offense was. Yeah, you know, no offense to the UConn football program. Their head coach was great in contacting and speaking with Ed, but they were just not good last year. But UConn's kind of more of a basketball school anyway, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, to an extent, and it was tough to kind of watch. You're, you're looking at Matt Parrott, and then you see, oh, their quarterback, who's the third quarterback I've watched in different videos, uh, has thrown another interception. So uh, it's it was tough to get a full gauge on what he was as a prospect towards the end of some of these games because they were losing by 40 points, and some of these backups were starting to get into the game. But besides that, we were able to get a good sense of what he was able to do, what he brought to the table. Six foot seven, 318 pounds, incredibly long arms. 36 inch arms with uh, 36 and 5 eighth inch arms rather nine and a half inch hands and then his 40 time was pretty decent running a 506 and I think Chris that the one thing that was the most surprising from his combine performance was the fact that he threw up 26 reps on the bench press because the one thing that we're going to kind of get into here and talk about a lot with Parrot is that he doesn't really have a lot of upper body strength. Yeah, that is going to really factor into a lot of what we talk about. But I think part of that is also kind of the nature 
of the bench press, especially with regards to offensive linemen. You know, just to backtrack a little bit, a six foot seven, three eighteen, that is pretty much ideal height and weight. Personally, I think six seven is right at the ragged edge of too tall for a tackle just because of leverage concerns. You you want to be the low man, and it's tough to be the low man when you're basically NBA height. Parrot is an athletic tackle. He is, he has good lower body flexibility, so he is able to lower that pad level despite being as tall as he is. You know, those 36 and 5 eighths inch arms, that's ridiculous. You talk about having vines for arms and yeah, I I picked Groot for my defender for our uh, Marvel fantasy draft. He has Groot arms. <laughs> but then, you know, just circling back around to that bench press number. And I think that is not for, – for offensive linemen, I think the bench press isn't so much an indication of strength as much as muscular endurance. Because you figure if you're 318th – over 300 pounds, you should be able to bench press 225. Putting up 225 26 times is not quite the same feat of strength as, or even bench pressing 225 once, it's not the same feat of strength at 318 as it is at 218 or let's just say a more normal 175. You should be able to put that num- put that amount of weight up and you should be able to do it at least, you know, 15 to 18 times any more than that and i start to feel like that is more of a a measure of muscular endurance to be able to just keep repping it out and just competitive toughness to fight through the burn fight through the lactic acid buildup and really just keep willing that bar to go up even when you can't feel your arms and chest anymore and all you feel is pain because yeah having those long arms does make the bench press more difficult, but it's not going to make it that much more difficult where it's like putting up 315. So the, we are going to be talking about his play strength, So, but just I don't think you should confuse the number of reps he put up in the gym with a lack of strength elsewhere in the game. Yeah, it's important to kind of acknowledge the difference between functional strength and strength that's involved with being able to bench you know, a certain amount of ma- weight. It's it's good to see that he has that strength. It's just a matter, and we're going to get into this a little bit more on today's show, is how he uses it, how he knows how to use it, and learning how to use it better in a functional setting as an offensive tackle while run blocking and pass blocking. Speaking of blocking, we're going to break down Parrot the same way we did Andrew Thomas. And first up, run blocking, which is probably not as important as as pass blocking is for a tackle. But being an offensive lineman, you need to be able to do both at a very high level. And a guy that played right tackle in his time at UConn, he's probably going to end up playing right tackle for the Giants. Right tackle, right tackles are are more often than not the better run blocker in this situation because of the way that schemes usually line up, how, how run blocking is schemed up by the offensive coordinator, all that kind of stuff. You usually want your right tackle to be a strong run blocker. So what we saw from Parrot is that he really has very, very quick feet. That seems to be the, the big positive here on both things. We'll get to the pass blocking in a bit, but when you watch him as a run blocker, very quick feet, 
uh, you know, fluid stepper. And I think that the one thing that I absolutely loved watching him was seeing him get to the second level. He moves really quickly. He gets off the line of scrimmage pretty well. He's got very good forward progression. And I think that he takes pretty good angles when grabbing at and getting these, uh, these linebackers. I never really saw a ton of plays to me. And I might be a little bit off here, Chris, if you think it's if it's not the case, but I didn't really see a ton of plays where I felt like he was whiffing, taking a bad angle, angle missing. I felt like he was always in the right spot. He was able, always able to really track down and find those linebackers and did a good job in space of driving those guys and getting them out of the rushing lane to create some extra lanes. Now, the rest of the offensive line didn't exactly do a good job of creating that good rushing lane, but I was able to see him be able to do that consistently. Yeah, and and that's one of the uh, that's one of the challenges I think of scouting offensive linemen in general and offensive linemen on bad teams in particular is picking out that player amid the just the mess, the chaos that is the game in the trenches, and then picking out the various traits that you are looking for, what they do well, what they don't do well. And I saw a lot of those same things from Parrot. I'll just say I'm probably going to mispronounce his name at least half the time I mention it. I just, as a complete aside, I'm a big Rush fan, and their former drummer, Neil Peart, rest in peace, his name is spelled the exact same way, but I understand it's pronounced differently. If I happen to mispronounce it, I'm sorry. That's just many years of ingrained habit <laughs> back to matt parrot yeah he is very athletic he does do a great job getting to the second level working off double teams pulling into space i really like watching him on screen plays because his athleticism really shows up he can get in front of the play and stay in front of the play which is something you don't always see from offensive linemen you know guys might be able to pull in a short area effectively but once they're out in space they struggle to really maintain their blocks parrot doesn't have that problem like you said he's got plenty of athleticism to get out to get a good angle for himself he can be accurate laying those blocks and then he can maintain them so all that is really good to see I think the issues from him are a little bit more when he has to just line up hat on a hat in a power run scheme and create motion on the offensive line, running downhill, blocking downhill, and especially when he's matched up against a five technique, maybe a bigger seven technique, you know, a defensive end who is close to him in size. You know, I think that's kind of where his his issues show up. You hit on the one thing that I was really enamored by and excited by from from watching him in his games, which was his ability to move in space. I loved watching him pull. And you talked about also watching him uh, against screen plays too. That was something that I really enjoyed. But just seeing him pull, come down the line of scrimmage, just so fluidly. There's there's no missteps. He does it quickly. Or the, uh, Saying there's no missteps is a bit uh, too absolute. But he very rarely had missteps. He does it fluidly. He does it quickly. Tracks guys down before they can really get upfield. And, and is able to redirect them and create that strong rushing lane. 
I really am a fan of his technique and his ability to know where he needs to be, his positioning and being in the right space. But you already started to talk about his negatives when it comes to run blocking, which just seems to be not having enough drive and enough uh, aggressiveness to really drive guys off the ball and way off the line of scrimmage. I, I, I see a guy that that knows what he needs to do is just not a, as much of a mauler as Andrew Thomas is. He he has all the athletic traits and what you want in an offensive tackle, and it's not the end of the world if he's not this super aggressive guy because we see plenty of offensive linemen that aren't as aggressive as others that have s- sustained success at the tackle position. I mean, Michael Orr is kind of a, an example of that because in if we've all seen the blind side, the whole point of the movie was talking about how he's not this super aggressive person but he has an innate understanding of how to protect people so we're still we're getting that from Parrot, but not really getting that explosiveness and that drive off the ball and the other thing too that I like to see from offensive linemen and especially a guy that has 36 inch arms is getting some form of extension with it with his arms and, and creating leverage it seems like he's he's driving too much uh, close into his body he's allowing guys to get really close into him having arm length like that helps create some separation, helps you create some uh, some extra drive and, and use some more push in your body. You're not really trying to push through your arms, but it, it, it's just extra extension. But he's, he, he seems to have issues with letting guys come in too close to him, and that's, I think, part of the reason why he's not getting a ton of drive when it comes to run blocking. Yeah, that, that was an, another thing I kind of noticed in my notes and my film study of him scouting report etc. I would have liked to see him be more aggressive with his hands, you know, really shoot them in and take the inside leverage and really take control of the guy he's trying to block. Too often, it seemed like he was, I I don't want to say passive with his hands, but maybe, uh, maybe just a little bit, a beat slow shooting them out. And by that point, you know, the advantage that his length offers him is pretty much gone. So the other guy is able to get his hands inside. He's able to make up that distance and Parrot's arms kind of have no choice but to go outside. And that makes it a lot more difficult to take leverage and take control of the guy you're trying to block. For his pass blocking, this is where his his foot speed and his uh, foot fluidity, if you will, really comes into play and what really makes him an intriguing prospect. So we've been talking about a ton already about how there's issues with not having consistent upper body strength. Now that's a problem for an offensive tackle, but the way that I look at it is it's harder to teach a guy with slow feet that is strong to improve his footwork compared to strengthening a guy that has really quick feet but maybe isn't as strong. And all I'm all I mean by that is it's it's a lot harder to improve foot speed. So Parrot has that stuff. It's you can really see a you know a sense of urgency when he's stepping and he and he's going through his his kick set. I, I really have no issues with with what he was doing when he was kick setting. He he does it very quickly, he does it efficiently and he has the speed to really counter guys um, that come after him with more of a finesse and speed approach when pass rushing. Yeah, he is really fluid in the lower body. Yeah, great feet. He's got flexible ankles, flexible knees, so he can most of the time he can keep those hips down and fight his own height. And yeah, he is usually really controlled 
in his kick slides, he can always keep at least some contact with the ground so he can he can deliver power, he can absorb power when he play, is able to play with good leverage. And again, you, you mentioned his foot speed. He has the athleticism necessary to match up with speed rushers. And not just the speed rushers UConn saw, he can match up with speed rushers at the NFL level. Yeah, you know, he can mirror, he can hit his landmarks when he has to, and he has the ability to ride guys who take outside routes to the cornerback, guys who are trying to bend the edge. He can ride them right past the pocket. And that is really good to see. Yeah, really good to see what he does with his footwork. And I think some of the other things you see when he's pass protecting is just an overall good sense of awareness in knowing where the quarterback is behind him. Uh, Tackles aren't always perfect, and they're not going to win every single rep. So when you see him get maybe not absolutely beat, but when guys are starting to to speed past him or try to fly past him. I think I see a really good job of of him being able to redirect them. And uh, typically the approach for an edge rusher is to lower your hip, take a, a, a rounded approach to get past the tackle. So when guys were coming at him and trying to do this, he's very good at, at riding them out and, and redirecting them to the outside of the pocket instead of letting them go around him and then back up into the inside. So just a good understanding of where he needs to be. But back to, again, the issues with his upper body is we we keep seeing guys coming in really close to him. It's not a lot of punching with him because I think he, he doesn't have that power yet to really punch and deliver and knock guys off of their track. I don't see that from Parrot. Instead, I see a guy who's catching, rapping a little bit, not super consistent with his hand placement. He just, uh, if he wants to fix that, and I don't think it's a very complicated fix, just he needs to get, he needs to get a stronger upper body. And it's going to take a couple of seasons before he really gets to a comfortable point, but he needs to improve that if he wants to fix those issues. I might be getting ahead of myself here, but those issues were a lot of what reminded me of Will Beatty when I was watching Paired on tape. And, yeah, it's not. I, I know I've said this before. It's not just the fact that they were both UConn offensive tackles who were drafted on the second day by the New York Giants to be developmental players, hopefully starters. You know, they're both very athletic. They were both, I think, better than people assumed they would be as run blockers. But they both really needed to get stronger, and that really is Parrot's biggest issue, other than consistency and you know consistency with placement and just all of those technical things that really every rookie has to improve on he just has to get up to NFL strength yeah not every rookie is going to come in perfectly developed in every aspect of their game and I, I I stand by this I think that that strength issue is an easier fix than a lot of other problems we see from different prospects in this 2020 group because it's going to take a couple seasons, but if you put him on the right um, training program, you get him with the right coach, he probably has his own coach for the offseason. It's not going to be too long until he fixes that and he gets to a comfortable point. Not everyone develops the same, and some people develop and grow and increase their strength at different levels and over different periods of time. I would also like to add that even if he never gets to be as strong as some tackles or some lineman in the NFL, that isn't necessarily a terrible thing for his development because football IQ 
angles, leverage. You can beat a defender with technique. Technique can hide issues with strength. The thing I always come back to was 2015 when the Giants played the Jets. The Giants were actually able to run on the Jets with Damon Harrison in his prime in the middle of that Jets defense. And they did it because Weston Richburg, who snacks probably outweighed him by a solid 50 pounds, but Richburg was able to use leverage. He took half-man leverage. He took great angles. And even though he wasn't able to overpower big snacks, he was able to get the angles on him and move him and angle him just enough to create those running lanes. That game, even Andre Williams was able to average over six yards a carry. And it's not like he was a hyper-efficient running back. So that's just something I keep coming back to, especially with offensive linemen. Guys might not be massive maulers, but they can still be effective if they've got good technique. So we're going to wrap up talking about things that he needs to improve on and also potential projections for him as a player with the Giants. But before we end up getting to that, we're going to take a really short commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Every prospect, and I've said this already on both shows, has things that they need to improve on. And Parrot has a lot of things he needs to work on. They're all fixable issues. First one, which we've already pretty much broken down to the the, the the furthest possible extent that we can, which is in strengthening his upper body. Once he does that, and, and like you said, Chris, he doesn't need to become one of the strongest tackles in terms of upper body strength. But if he just it works on it and improves it a little bit, he can really change his game and become a, a much more consistent, impactful player um, and be ready to step in and start eventually at right tackle. But I, I think... Uh, 
I, I think the other thing too that you you have in here, Chris, about things he needs to work on is just maintaining leverage and, and being able to know where he needs to handle himself against guys that are, are really powerful and a lot more uh, explosive than he is. Yeah, because you could see on tape that when Parrot was able to maintain his leverage, keep his knees bent, keep his hips down, get the inside leverage with his hands, he was able to deal with power. When he would get bullied, pushed back, you know, all of that, all of those things that we had concerns with, that happened when he let his feet get closer together, let his base narrow, his knees would straighten, hips would rise, he would lose all of his leverage. And that was when defenders would be able to just discard his blocks or put him on roller skates. I want to see him get more consistent in maintaining his leverage, all those angles, and playing with more consistent technique. Also, this is a just mental thing. I would like to see him kind of maintain his awareness later in later in plays because there were a few snaps I saw where a defense would run a, a delayed blitz, maybe a slow developing stunt or twist, and he would just kind of lose track of the defenders. It, it didn't happen a lot, but it happened enough just to make me take note of it. With a prospect like Parrot, he, he's very high ceiling and also not low floor, but lower floor than usual. So it's a bit hit or miss, high risk, high reward. We don't really know for sure which guy we're going to be getting. And I, I think for me, Chris, with Parrot, is that it's either going to be one extreme or the other. We're either going to get a really good player or someone that ends up being a backup for a long period of time. So in terms of talking about his ceiling, Chris, where do you see Parrot? Where do you see that he can eventually work his way up to as his highest possible potential? Yeah, I think if he is able to maximize his athletic potential, if he's able to get to be consistent with his hand usage, his leverage, his awareness, all of those things, I think he could be a good, solid starter for the Giants. You have maybe a, a top 25 tackle down here, and I think that's fair. You know, Somewhere in the top 32, top 25, I think that's a fair ceiling for him. I don't think that's putting too high of an expectation on him. And you know, for the 99th overall pick, a guy who is really basically a fourth rounder, that is, I think, a really good return on investment. Yeah, my logic behind saying he can be a top 25 tackle, either left or right, depending on, on how things fit or just the, the comfort level for Andrew Thomas, comfort level for, for Matt Parrott. I think he can really go either way. But the, the top 25 argument is that I don't really see Parrott becoming a a top five tackle. But if you end up becoming a, a more towards like top 15, top 10 at your position, either left or right tackle, I think that's pretty good for a guy on your roster that's above average, that's significantly above average. And that is going to be a consistent starter for you week in and week out for hopefully an extended period of time. And I, I think that's pretty realistic. If he can work on these issues that we've talked about and resolve some of, some of those problems, he can step in and start and work his way towards that because of the foot speed, because of his fluidity and his athleticism, all that good stuff, his length, all of that really makes him a prime player to have good potential and end up working towards becoming a starter. But right now, he really is probably not prepared to start right away. He might end up being thrown into the starting lineup because of a, a, a lack of 
having guys uh, you know that are available if we if we end up having injuries this season it all depends he might have to play this year but if we're talking about his floor where he could actually like stop progressing and not, and not even move up anymore and just sit where he is um, and, and be it as an absolute worst possible prospect that we can get worst case situation. I think for me, Chris is getting a, a backup tackle that is a swing guy that can play at any spot. You need to throw him in there. Um, it just it, being able to throw him wherever. And I don't think that's terrible. A guy that sticks around for a long time because of his ability to play multiple positions, but maybe not really getting a starter out of him. Yeah, I think if you have a guy who is yeah, someone you're comfortable being your sixth or seventh offensive lineman, kind of like a, a rich man's Chad Wheeler, that is still a useful player. You know, obviously, the Giants hope to have a long-term starter on their hands, a guy that they can maybe not get a player like Tyron Smith or Lane Johnson, but who can be a developmental player, a guy who can you know, realize his athletic upside and maybe follow that will be the trajectory of you know, sitting for a year, you know, maybe being a jumbo tight end you know, spot starter, and then eventually work his way into the starting lineup. Now, hopefully he doesn't have the injury issues that Beattie had, but if he could realize that same kind of ceiling, that is obviously the ideal for the Giants, but I think a floor as a you know, a swing tackle, a guy who you can at least feel confident giving you a few snaps, maybe a spot start and won't ruin your game plan if in an emergency, I think that would be a perfectly acceptable floor for the 99th overall pick. Yeah, still can't really complain where they took him and selected him. And we all know here, and the whole point of talking about him today was getting out the fact that he's developmental. He's a guy that needs a little bit of time to work and progress. If he turns into a backup, I don't think that's the end of the world. If he turns into a starter, that is a, a huge get from a player. As long as it doesn't end up like Eric Flowers, who was gone after a few seasons and was tripping players to uh, to end up actually having to block them because he couldn't do it with his own technique. But Parrot has a lot of potential. We'll see what he ends up progressing to and ends up working into becoming as a prospect and a player for the New York Giants. That is going to be it from us here on today's show, folks. Uh, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you're listening to us and give us feedback on the show, anything that you might want to uh, let us know, any thoughts, anything that you think we should try or do differently. Definitely give us a heads up and we can uh, we can definitely address it, whatever you think about the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. You can follow uh, Big Blue View at Big Blue View on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. On Wednesday, we continue on to the next rookie for the New York Giants. That is Darnay Holmes, cornerback out of UCLA. Yeah.